stand back, evildoer! I will no longer allow you to sling drugs to children! each and every citizen of Rapture that free enterprise is the foundation upon which our society has been established. Everywhere you go, everything you do, it's always done for death, pain, and misery. Our men are running from the battlefield. I'm ashamed for this place. I'd like to look at them. I would like to look at the game that the Lynx probably has. The Lynx. Oh, yeah, there we go. Cool. Yeah, look at that. Got that. Oh, even these have the little handles on them, don't they? Yeah, and I've also got, uh, I think Robotron's over there. I got that as well. Because, of course, I own Robotron. It's complete in box. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> because it's Robotron. fucking Robotron. It's Robotron, of course you have it. Oh, there. there we go. Yeah. All right, well, with this, uh, with this extensive library and uh, handheld, I think that marks it's time for the Video Destruct podcast, Hoss. Yeah. And we're talking about uh, the Atari Lynx. Yeah, we're not going to talk about an old ass game today, we're going to talk about kind of the life and death Mm -hmm. of the Lynx. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the bastard child of the handheld era. I would say this was the... Third hard gasp of Atari. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because the 52 and 7800 mm. were the first and second. Yeah. And then the Lynx is the third. And the fourth and Death Rattle would probably be the Jaguar, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or that shitty Transformers Generation 1 game that they made for the PS2. Yeah. It looked cool, but that game played like shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, so we're talking the Atari Lynx, uh, uh, the sandw- the the meat in the sandwich of the um, yeah the uh, Game Boy Game Gear rivalry, the, the elongated sub sandwich of a video game system. <laughs> it is a bit of a sub sandwich. It's like a hoagie. It uh, does. It is, yeah, it's like uh, you have the Model Two though, but we'll get into that. I do. Yeah, we'll talk about all that later. We'll talk about all that later. Right now, I'd like to go into uh, I guess what you've been playing, but you haven't been playing too much uh, this week, if I remember. Right. Um, yeah, this. I haven't played a ton this week. Yeah. Uh, we had our 2015 last week, so that covered pretty much all the stuff that you'd played. Yeah, I, 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 I played so many games in the last few weeks that, like, kind of in the last week or so, like, um, yeah, I, I want to talk about something. Uh, if you're somebody that, you know, this is not a big spoiler, I'm not going to go into huge detail on this, mm-hmm. uh, but if you're somebody who's very guarded about Fallout 4 potential spoilers right. for a side quest... Mm. Uh, maybe skip ahead about 90 seconds. I'll make this quick. Okay. Uh, I did a series of missions this week called the Silver Shroud. Called the Silver Shroud. Have you I fucking think. seen these missions? I have not seen these missions. You need missions. to go watch somebody play these missions. Okay. Uh, they're the best thing that game has to offer. Real sad I didn't do them earlier. I knew about them because my buddy told me I had to play them and that it was totally <laughs> up my alley. Should have done it earlier. <laughs> if you want to do the Silver Shroud missions, there's a radio station in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the Silver Shroud radio. Okay. Go to Good Neighbor. It will put a, uh, the, the city Good Neighbor, it will put a, uh, a mark on your map. Go meet this guy. He's a ghoul. He was alive when you were alive and he was a big fan of the Silver Shroud and so were you. Right. 
You and your wife used to listen to it all the time as okay, a radio program. The radio program, okay. So the idea is that this guy was like, you know, the world wouldn't be the way it is if uh, the Silver Shroud was still here to help us. <laughs> and this this ghoul's got a great fucking voice, man. <laughs> He's so, got a New Yorker voice. Oh, yeah, you know, if oh, the Silver good. Shroud was still here. <laughs> and it's kind of like Boston-y, New York-y, but it's great. Um, yeah, so basically the idea is that you go off to the studio, you find the Silver Shroud's outfit from where they were making like these TV vignettes for him for a TV show that was coming, Interesting. and you become the Silver Shroud. <laughs> and Because you're going to strike fear into the hearts <laughs> of evildoers everywhere. Oh, dude, it's so good, bro. Do you have like a silver hood? But stuff? It's, it's a like... fucking black trench coat with like a silver kind of kind of an ascot, oh. and you have a hood on. Oh, dude, it's good. And you got a fucking fedora. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that it's real good. Bad. Yeah, it's fucking right. badass. All right. And yeah. the fucking awesome <laughs> thing is that like whenever you go to talk to somebody during missions, you go out and assassinate just like a fuckload of people immediately <laughs> and leave these calling cards for the silver shroud on them. Oh, my God. And like the shroud is that kind of shit <laughs> and every time you go to talk to somebody it gives you all these dialogue options yeah. but one of them just says speak as silver shroud and that's what you got to do because it sounds just like a 1950s radio program where you're like stand back evildoer i will no longer allow you to sling drugs to children that's the most amazing thing i've ever heard yes you're basically the shadow like, yeah like you totally radio. are the shadow that's so good yeah. what evil lies in the hearts of men it's ah. Oh. That's so good. The best thing in that video game. I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I, I need to go see those. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going to type that into YouTube as soon as I'm we're sure done if you this. just type the Silver Shroud into YouTube. <laughs> uh, the funny thing is, I backed my way into it. I found the. It was like this comic book store where they were filming upstairs. Yeah. So I found the Silver Shroud outfit and said, well, I guess I better do that quest now. So just like uh, all Fallout games, you can kind of back your way into a quest sure. without necessarily always doing the first steps. Sure, sure. Because like I showed up and the guy was like, oh, I need you to go to this place to get the Silver Shroud outfit. And I'm like, I already, I already have that. You mean this? <laughs> you mean this? Puts it on. I was wearing it. <laughs> and he's just like, oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, but yeah, that game is... Oh, that's awesome. Continues to be funny and <laughs> continues to be cool. And that great. quest was pretty good. Great. There you go. All right. Skip to this time, Mark. You want to skip that? Yeah, yeah, maybe put that in a note. Five, yeah, five forty-one. Forty. Yeah, five forty. Yeah, we'll so, call yeah. it there. We'll call it there if you want to skip that. All right, that's fine. Uh, so that's about all I did, like video game wise. Awesome. Uh, Grim Fandango yeah. is free on PS4 right. and Vita. Yeah. Or PS4. It's free on some PlayStation platforms. Yeah. Uh, I've downloaded it. I haven't started playing it yet. Uh, that is uh, something we'll talk about next week. I'm going to play quite a bit of that. Because uh, I played that game back in 98, 99? I think that was a 98 joint. Way back in the uh, So I played it back then and really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I don't think that that game is a Day of the Tentacle, Maniac Mansion, full throttle caliber, Sam and Max hit the road caliber joint. <laughs> uh, but it's still pretty badass. There you go. All right, cool. Rock on. Uh, yeah, that's it for uh, what you've been playing. Let's go into a little bit of a... You haven't played anything? I haven't played anything. What are you doing? I don't know. I, I played a little more Undertale, because there's a lot of stuff to do in Undertale. But I don't think it was like four hours long. What are you, well, what are you is, playing, like, like six-minute chunks well, yeah, every it, month? It, it's not... Well, yeah, but you can you can like replay it and get different, uh, right. different like stuff happens, depending on what you do. And I still haven't played who, it. I know, who, I know, I know. Who you kill, who you don't kill, all that stuff. You get different kind of like, you know, segments of it. So I'm just checking that stuff out. For some reason, whenever I think about that game, I 
Yeah. I don't know why, but it like ties to Sam and Max hit the road and like Maniac Mansion in my mind, and I don't know why. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think everything ties to those in my mind. So right, I just yeah. picture like the kids from Undertale like putting a meteor in the trunk of their car and driving away. <laughs> and driving away. I don't. I don't know why, but yeah. for some reason it's like in, because yeah. I guess it's because people keep talking about how witty it is. Yeah, it's it's very like earthboundy wittish type stuff. And and I just I always tie that to like yeah. my. The first funny video game I ever played was Sam and Max at the Road. Max at the Road. There you go. That, that, that was a good one. Burger Time. Was, good. was that, that was LucasArts, right? <laughs> LucasArts. That was LucasArts. Yeah. Yeah. LucasArts. That was a Tim yeah. Schafer joint. Yeah, that's right. Tim Schafer did those. Yeah, there you go. Oh, by the way, last week we said the main characters of Life is Strange was Sam and Max. It's Max and Chloe. I apologize. Oh, right. We're completely wrong on that. It's Max and Chloe. He's a dog. <laughs> Max is a dog. He's a dog or in Sam's a suit. Sam's a dog in a suit. <laughs> Max is a bunny. Yeah. Like, that's not what we're talking about. Okay. So, but we, I, I want to play that game on this show. Though I want to play that game on this channel. Yeah, I, I, I I would love to play that. I'm up for that. Uh, I, I would absolutely. Love it. I will pay for it. I will. <laughs> I will. I will. Don't. I own it. Oh, you own all of it? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Never mind. Yeah, I bought it all. Awesome. Cool. I didn't know you bought it. It was ten bucks yeah. for Christmas. Sweet. Let's replay that and play it for uh, hips or something. Oh, if you're somebody who doesn't like, or if you're somebody who a doesn't want to own a bunch of digital shit or, like, kind of covets owning discs or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, they announced that they're putting that on disc. Oh, okay. It's like okay. a director's cut kind of thing, but it mm. sounds like they're putting, like, developer commentary. Sure. Uh, not necessarily extra scenes. Yeah. Uh, but they're putting it together in kind of like a lovingly, hmm. you know, crafted collection. I think it's yeah. 40 bucks hmm. or digital, it's 30 That's kind of smart. Um, just to yeah. Give yeah. it a little extra. If you're somebody that really, yeah. really liked that game or just really likes having shit on disc, yeah. you know, th that might be something you're looking for. I think it comes out in March. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so check your local retailer. So, all right. Speaking of local retailer. Yes. I got some news. Okay. I've been talking for like the last year and a half about how Gamer Club Unlocked at Best Buy is like the coolest thing. Right. You pay 30 bucks, mm -hmm. and for the next two years, you get 20% off of video games that you buy there. Right. New games, new yeah. releases, pre-orders, mm -hmm. all that shit. Right. Good value. Right. 20%, man. 20% off. You buy three right. games, it paid for itself. Right. You buy two games, it damn near did already. Yeah. At three games, you're making money. Yeah. Uh, so Amazon announced that Amazon Prime members yeah. get that. Hmm. Interesting. And the nice so thing is... Anybody with Amazon Prime just automatically gets that. When you 20%. put it in your cart... It removes the 20%, because I had people immediately saying, like, it's not changing the price rate. you got to put it in your cart, and when you go to checkout, it will adjust the 20%. Now, here's the nice thing. If you're a Prime member, yeah. you get release day shipping hmm. for free. For free. Right. It's, that's the two-day air. Okay, yeah, yeah. So they ship it two days early so that you get it on time. Mm -hmm. So not only do you get a game <laughs> on release day and don't have to go to a store, but you also save 20%. For a service you probably already had. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Whew, that's hard to compete with. That is hard to compete with. That's a big deal. Because it's not an extra expenditure. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, the, I haven't tested a lot of this yet, and your mileage may vary on this. This is not a limited time promotion. This is just the way they're doing it now. Mm -hmm. um, but they describe it. I think they just wanted to stress that it's pre-orders and new releases. Maybe it works for all games. I haven't tested this yet. Mm -hmm. But it's, it made it sound like it was just pre-orders and new releases, yeah. not old shit. Like, right. So if a game's on sale for 15 bucks, that's normally 50 
Yeah. I don't think you get 20% off of that game. Right. But I could be wrong. I don't know. Maybe test it out for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're getting around that time of year where a lot of shit that didn't sell last holiday season is going to start getting discounted. So you could probably get some really good fucking deals. Right. Like, you know, I had a buddy of mine the other day that's, uh, you know, not long ago, went and got The Wolf Among Us on disc at Best Buy, you know, with that 20% off thing for his gamers club. I think he paid like six bucks for that game. <laughs> on disc. On disc for all like, that. I haven't even seen it on digital for that. Um uh, <laughs> But yeah, I, I just wanted to kind of put the word out on that. I mean, we like to talk about like ways to get cheap shit, mm-hmm. and uh, that sounds like a good way to do it. That sounds like a good way to get cheap shit. There you go. So, boom. Cool. Love Next it. news. Love it. Next is the news. News! News! The news stuff! Um, the one thing I wanted to talk about, this is kind of a personal thing for me, it's not a big, uh, it's not a big company doing this, but uh, there's going to be an adaptation, of, an adaptation of Mountains of Madness by H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, using the Unreal 4 engine. So uh, it's in development from a, I think it was called Clockwork Games. Let me check that real quick. Uh, yes. Yes, Team Clockworks. Uh, it's, a, it's a company out of, uh, uh, from Spain. Um, Valencia, Valencia, Spain. Valencia, Spain. Uh, yeah, it's just going to be an adaptation of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's Mountain of Madness. If you don't know what that is, if you've seen if you've seen the thing or you've seen Alien, yeah. that is Mountains of Madness. It is competing with an alien force in an isolated snowy mountain area. That is all of that. Well, so. and the H.P. Lovecraft catalog mm-hmm. is all pre-Disney fucking up copyright. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is. So, so it's just like it, Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. It's on the market, you Pub- can just use it. Public domain. Anybody can use an HP Lovecraft thing. If you want to make a Sherlock Holmes fucking <laughs> porno, yeah. Guess what? <laughs> yep, you can do that. There's, there's, Your luck is in. There, there's so much Sherlock Holmes meets HP uh, Lovecraft stuff because yeah. hey, it's open season. You can do that with stuff with you know. Zorro, Robin Hood, Sherlock Holmes, all that crap. I kind of wanted to play and, that Sherlock Holmes versus Jack the Ripper game that came out a few years ago. Yeah, it it's like a it was an adventure game. Okay, there's this company out of Poland that's making all these fucking Sherlock Holmes games. Interesting. They're apparently kind of okay. Yeah. Oh, I saw one. I, 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 Crimes I heard, and punishment. Yeah, I've heard good things about them. There, there's one. Uh, there's a video on YouTube with one of them. It's pretty great because uh, Watson is programmed to follow you. But you're, n- but he only follows you when you're not looking at him. So whenever you move and you just kind of turn, Watson's there. <laughs> and like someone put like creepy music over it, or he'll just like run to the other end, like bam, turn around, bam, and Watson's ah! like, right. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's like it's gonna play the mysterious stranger yeah, music exactly. from Fallout. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the man in what's that? The man in black and uh, half. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, uh, fucking the G man, G man, the G man in half life. He's just like there, like ah. Uh, oh, that was good. Yeah, I uh, uh, I've heard that the uh, like crimes and punishment is really good, and yeah. you should go look this up. Uh, on the E three giant bombcast for like two or three years in a row, there's a guy that works at Polygon who's a good buddy of theirs. Yeah, who would go to the Sherlock Holmes booth every year. Yeah. And the lady that worked there every year spoils the game for you <laughs> and tells you what's going to happen. Why? Why did she do that? And like, there's Does one she of these not ga- understand. Like, there's what? one of these games called like The Death of Sherlock Holmes. Okay. And at the very beginning of the demo, she's like, "Yes, you read the title correctly. We have killed Sherlock Holmes." <laughs> Fuck. 
<laughs> and, oh, that's awesome. and she's got this like really thick like Eastern European accent. That's beautiful. And like just every time, <laughs> or like one year, uh, he fucking purposefully uh, kept saying the wrong answers to puzzle. Like, so it's like an adventure game, and she'll be running the controls, and she's sure. like, what do you think we need to do here? So he just kept giving her the wrong answer, yeah. and he said she would take these elongated pauses and <laughs> sigh, and then go, yes, why don't we try that? <laughs> go back and listen. Hang on, let me, let me figure out uh, who, what that guy's name is real quick, so if you just type in Giant Bomb and his name, you should find it. That sounds fantastic. Uh, well, while you do that, uh, I'm just going to say uh, Mountains of Madness, I'm kind of excited for that just because I there's only been one real Cthulhu game that really captured the creepiness of H.P. Lovecraft, and that was, I believe it's called Call of Cthulhu, correct? For the yep. PlayStation 2? Yeah. Uh, no, that was Xbox and PC. Xbox and PC. Apologize. Yes. Uh, yeah, where you Justin go, McElroy. Was Justin his McElroy is his name, and uh, you, know, you go through like the town of Innsmouth and you deal with fish people, and in this you're going to be in a giant mountain dealing with like alien beings and the things that eat them. So that'll be that'll be fun. Uh, that'll be fun. It's a, it's a cool alien story. beings and the women that love them <laughs> and the women that lo- and the things that eat them. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> but yeah, uh, moving on. Next is uh, the Oculus price dropped. Oculus Rift price uh, dropped down there. It's not. That's not cheap. So it dropped at five ninety nine. Um, they've been saying for quite a while, like uh, back when they were like initially doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if friend of the show, mm-hmm. uh, can we say his name? <laughs> or is that is that a? I don't want to put him on blast here, but okay. A, a friend we used to work with. He has a DK one, doesn't he? That you work with? Oh, now? yes, he does. Yes, he does. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Kevin Eckert. I'll put him out. I don't care. I didn't want to put him on blast. <laughs> yeah, here. I'm putting him on blast. Yeah. Why not? You know, he's getting one for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the Kickstarter backers who got the DK1s and the DK2s, right. mm-hmm. yeah. they're giving they're, them they're giving them to the game. The release built. So he's got like $1,000 worth of hardware for like 250 bucks that he kicked in. Right. Way yeah. to go, Kevin. Good job, Kevin. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's that. Some but yeah, bitch it, always gets that crap. <laughs> well, we all had the opportunity That's to true. get it. That is true. We all did have the opportunity, yes. Um, but, you know, after they got bought by Facebook, they decided to use a good percentage of the money that they were given that was kind of extra on top to, you know, thank the people that got them there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of awesome. It is. It is. Um, it is. So, yeah, the uh, there's a lot of stuff about the Oculus uh, final price that a lot of people got really stressed out about. Mm-hmm. And, and that's fine. You can have whatever reaction you want to it. But yeah. A, this is a brand new technology that's expensive. Yes. They had said in the past they wanted it to be between 300 to $400. Right. They couldn't get it down They couldn't there. get it down and to that, yeah. <clears throat> they could wait. Yeah. But they did a lot of things in the, in the process. And once our friend of the show... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll believe his name. <laughs> no, we, we can say, yeah, we can say Kevin. But, yeah. Uh, you know, once he gets his final product, I think... He should bring him in the office yeah. and let you put on the DK1 right? and then put on the new one. Yeah. They completely changed that hardware. They also upped the resolution to a significant degree. Mm-hmm. They also changed the glass that's on the inside so you get less of that like rainbow effect that you do off of up-close uh, LCD screens. Mm. They uh, changed all the way that the padding works so that it doesn't wear your head out and it's not front-heavy anymore. Mm-hmm. They balanced the weight from front okay. to back. Okay. Uh, and they also balanced it on the sides as well. They did a lot of things to... like. 
ergonomic build quality. They spent the last four years making that a thing. Right, yeah. And it's, from everything I've heard, a much more impressive piece of hardware. I used a DK1. I liked it. I think they're cool. Yeah. Um, I do think that VR is happening. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the idea that, like, you know, five people are going to be sitting in their home doing it together is that. I don't think it's necessarily at this point with the way that you need to kind of immerse yourself in, like, a sensory deprivation chamber is the future. (laughs) But it's that step. Yeah. You know, it's that step towards that Microsoft room where they shot fire all over the wall and your TV is the center of that experience. Yeah. Uh, You know, that we're getting closer to figuring that out. You know, like, uh, HoloLens is what I think is the step after that. Right. You know, I... But, you know, as of right now, Microsoft has said they're only targeting HoloLens as business applications. Yeah, yeah. Because that technology to be priced for consumers is far away. I mean, if mm-hmm. if something that has 1080p screens in it for your eyes yeah. is $600, how much is something that's a fucking transparency that creates your world into an AR environment going to be? Yeah. That's going to be a lot of fucking it's gonna, money. It's going to be a lot. <laughs> I've also heard that the HTC Vive that Valve is working on, mm-hmm. I heard that's going to be considerably more expensive. Ooh, like, because that thing's got those crazy touch controllers on it, and it's got all those lighthouse controls yeah. where you put the sensors all over the room. Oh, yeah, So yeah. you have to have an that's empty probably. room, and you walk around your fucking room and do shit. Like, that's cool, yeah. but, like, A, who are the people who have an empty room to do this shit? Yeah, exactly, yeah. And B, like, the people who have a completely empty room to do that shit, like, I don't think they care about price. Yeah, yeah. I just don't think that... Because everybody is, you know, all wrapped up in what the cost is and everything, and the idea that... Your PC will probably not run this. Right, yeah. If you have a gaming PC that can run all games at 1080p at 60 frames a second, you probably still don't have the PC for this. This requires a 970 video card that's almost $400. Jesus. Yeah, I don't care about This requires (laughs) you to have 8 gigs of RAM. This requires you to have... Three USB 3.0 USB ports and a uh, a USB 2.0 USB port. And think about this. Like, yeah, the average computer's got like six ports, but you're using a fucking lot of those, aren't you? And that price drop is probably going to be like $699, $799. And if you've got anything that's like pre-Ivy Bridge, I-Series, it's not going to work. Jesus. Yeah, you're right. Anybody with like a spare room isn't gonna have a, a or that much in their PC is gonna have a problem with the price point. Yeah, it, I think I'll I think I'll put it in my second study. Yeah. Uh, the biggest problem with uh, with VR the way that it is right now, like uh, I I'm inclined to think that Sony's gonna try to get that thing out the door for three ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think there. that that's what they're gonna try to do uh, for the Morpheus, mm-hmm. but the Morpheus has its own hurdles because the Morpheus has, from what everybody's saying, an extra box with it. Oh, okay. That has hardware in it. Yeah. That's got RAM and another processor in it. Wow. Because you got to think, you're doubling the image, so you're having to render twice as many frames. Right. So if you want 60 frames, it needs to be re- rendering 120. Yeah. Well, actually, considering the collision of the objects, I think it's 90. But that's considerably more, considering most games this generation are struggling to run 60. Yeah. So either these games are not going to look as good as regular non-VR games do, right. or you got to throw a new box in there. Yeah. So... I know I'm kind of speaking in rapid succession about this stuff very, very quickly, but, like, what I'm trying to say is that VR for the next couple of years is going to be very expensive, so they have to aim towards the enthusiasts and not focus on price. Yeah. And then once you get enough of those out there, it's going to drive down the cost of components. Yeah. And hopefully between HTC and Oculus and PlayStation VR, Mm -hmm. they all start 
getting a certain amount of standardization together with these mm-hmm. so that they all benefit from drop prices. Yeah. Because there's all these factories that now know how to make this shit. Yeah. yeah. And how to do it well and how to do it fast. Fast and efficiently. And the more efficient you get at it, the lower the cost. And Well, I mean, if you remember, like, it didn't happen this generation because they used off-the-shelf PC parts. Right. But if you remember during the PS3 and the 360 launch period, yeah. there was a massive hardware shortage across the board for those things, and they couldn't get enough out the door. Yeah. The reason why was that they were having problems with things like chip yield, right. which they weren't getting chips to yield at a high enough percentage. There's yeah. like 80% of processor chips that come across the line, they fucking throw them away. They're useless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really? Fucked up. They melt them back oh, down. Wow, they melt them back down because they, yeah. Mm. Like, that that chip yield's not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, But as you continue to do that, you perfect the process, and your chip yield becomes very high. Yeah. Because you've perfected, perfected that process. That and you works. can also, at that point, start shrinking down. So you go from, like, 60 nanometer to, like, 35 nanometer down to 20 nanometer. Mm-hmm. So your chips get smaller, you, you generate less heat, your boxes can get smaller, and you can charge less price. Yeah. And that's what I'm getting at there. It's kind of backing my way into that conversation of... These these technologies all hitting this year is important mm-hmm. because that means that by the time the PS5's out, yeah, by the time that you know yeah. VR has been out for a couple of years, yeah. these headsets become cheaper. This technology becomes cheaper because it's standardized and it's commonplace. Yeah, and that's when you'll start seeing things like AAA games. Yeah, start to like develop for you, them with PlayStation yeah. VR. They mm-hmm. announced that there's that. Uh, um, I can't think of the subtitle for it, but there's a Psychonauts game coming out for that. Oh, Psychonauts okay. 2 is not a VR That's game. It's not a VR game. That's but it's a different that. game just for VR. It will right. probably be, I think it's the segue in between 1 and 2. It's like kind of the interlude, the middle chapter. Yeah, the middle chapter. And huh? that's their way of, uh, we're going to throw a bone at this thing and see if it bites. Right. And But you'll start off with these smaller experiences, and then you'll start stepping up into, yo, the next crisis is one of these. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, they have to figure out how many people get sick. Yeah, there's a high percentage of people that can't they deal can't with head bob. Yeah, they can't do a head bob and get motion sickness. And it's, it's the same thing with seasickness. It's the same thing. Like to test seasickness, you put them in a chair with four tennis balls and they rock their head, and that's you know that's basically what you're doing with an Oculus Rift. Well, and so, you know uh, if you <clears throat> think about it this way, like with how big I, I get headaches in three in 3D movies. So it's like I can't do 3D movies. That's just because that's a bad technology. It is, but I'm just saying, like, like that's you know, I get headaches. I can't do a 3D movie. So you know, how many people are not going to be able to do an Oculus? Uh, I, the 3D is a switchable option. Yeah, yeah, but I just mean like, like just doing that in yeah. general. You know, well, that's very true. And you're also adding weight to your head. Mm-hmm. And I knew a lot of people that uh, that couldn't play football because putting that extra weight on their head and, and running and right. everything jostling in different directions at the same time it would make them nauseous. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's. It's a small percentage of people. It's yeah. like uh, I had a DLP a TV up until my most recent one. Right. There's a small percentage of the population that can't own a DLP TV because they got a rainbow effect. Their eye could see the uh, the LED bulb that was reflecting towards the screen to generate the image, really? and they could see ripples in the color spectrum, and they get rainbows on the screen. Wow. That's and so bizarre. Uh, Luckily, I can't see color very well, so I never had that <laughs> so problem. So you don't have that problem at all. Wow, that's crazy. But yeah, but, no, that, that's a good point. Like you just like I, I feel like uh, you know, Oculus chiropractor is going to be a job in the future. Just yeah, like, I, like, I, like, I think that there's there's definitely something to be said for this. Like uh, I think that I'm glad that like the Oculus Touch controllers are not coming out at launch. Yeah, uh, because I I think Oculus is. 
second to maybe the Morpheus, well, PlayStation VR, which is what they're calling it now. It's not Morpheus anymore. Sure. Uh, I'd say PlayStation VR has the biggest potential to be for everybody. Yeah. Because you don't have to have a PC. You don't have to have, like, you know, a good understanding of what needs to go into it and yeah. specs and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Oculus is the biggest name in it right now because yeah. it's been around for the longest. Mm-hmm. Um, Vive is much more specific. Yeah. That is Valve doing something which is kind of unlike their their most recent movements. They went very hardcore. Yeah. Uh, they partnered with HTC to make something that is, you know, you got to have a room. Yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah. I think what that's going to do is it's going to basically create an economy of scale for VR. Yeah. Because there's shit. What's the other Oculus thing that uses an Android phone? Uh, I don't know. There, I'll just say it this way. This, yeah. this was an invention uh, by John Carmack, the guy who founded id, right. uh, you know, lead designer right. on those games. Exactly. He left and went to Oculus. Yeah. And his project was you basically just buy this headband thing that seals off your vision and you put a phone in it. Oh, yeah, that's right. And it, thought, yeah. it splits the screen to two images mm-hmm. and it creates 3D. Yeah. And it does all the head tracking and everything. Yeah. Uh, and so... And then Google Cardboard. That's right. Yeah, Google Cardboard. That that cardboard cardboard. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all of these things work. Yeah, they're just varying degrees of scale of economy. Yeah. So you're you're already ending up with here's your twenty dollars solution because you already have a phone. Right. Here's your hundred dollars solution. Here's your four hundred dollars solution. Here's your six hundred dollars. Here's your thousand dollars solution. Right. Yeah. And yeah, you got to have a PC on top of that. But if you're somebody who wants an Oculus, odds are you probably have a PC and are willing to upgrade because you want that thing that bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's starting to all take shape in a way yeah. that I think on this very podcast about a year ago, I said, ah, fuck VR. Yeah. <laughs> because it yeah. just, it was, it only came off like crazy shit for crazy people. Right. But we're, the last year started to paint a different picture. Yeah. Uh, Sony's approach to this is aggressive in a way that didn't pan out with 3D. Yeah. But to be fair, they were the most successful with it. I don't think it was ever going to work. Yeah. But I think they got the closest to it working. Yeah. It got people talking. Got people talking about it. That's for sure. And yeah, I think uh, I think the next twenty four months. I don't think the next year. I think the next twenty four months will tell yeah. a very interesting story about VR. Yeah. And like I said, I don't necessarily think headsets is the end yeah. of this conversation. Yeah. But it's the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. That's good talk. Good talk on that. Cool. I've been wanting to talk about VR for a while. For a while, yeah. No, yeah, I'll segment that out. Chop, it up on YouTube. Uh, I wanted to wait for there to be prices. For yeah, yeah, for a price anything. before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You want to make sure, but but it's a good point to like say like yeah, price isn't something they need to concentrate on. Yeah, because you know it's got to get out there. Now. Well, and there already is economy of scale with the other devices on the market. Yeah, yeah. So you, you know we've already got like Google Cardboard. They'll give it to you for free yeah. if you got the phone. Yeah, which. Everybody's got a fucking Everybody's phone. Everybody's got a phone by now. If you've got that phone, that, <laughs> yeah. I think it's a... The Google thing? The, Google, uh, the Nexus. Nexus. I, I think it's the Nexus. I believe so. Um, so if you've got that phone, you're good to go. Yeah, yeah. You just fucking throw your phone in this dumb cardboard thing and you're good. <laughs> they give it to you. It's mad. Fuck it. You can probably print it out on a PDF. <laughs> yeah, fucking, anyway. yeah, like we already have something starting it free, so I think we're off to a good start. <laughs> I think we're okay here. All right. Uh, next up, uh, you want to talk about Punch Club because that's been making the rounds. In yeah. Uh, Punch Club, pretty interesting idea. Yeah. Yeah. 
What is that? What is that game? I have not heard anything about. This. Uh, it's a uh, kind of two D uh, sprite based game. Okay. It's basically the combination of a clicker. Okay. You ever a played click- like Cookie Clicker? Click- oh, Cookie Clicker. Like, yeah. Like uh, not a click based adventure. What do you, uh, no. What's a clicker? You just click that. it and shit happens. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't Yeah, okay. Is it, and you don't I control don't anything. Click- you don't move anywhere. You don't mm-hmm. do anything. You just click. You just click. And it's yeah. like, oh, you just... Now you have four cookies. Now <laughs> you have five cookies. Now you have six cookies. Okay. And you yeah. just, you just fucking just click keep, it. You keep clicking, yeah. Right. Clickers are like this weird thing. Yeah, they are. Uh, yeah. Time clickers is a good one. If you're going to play a clicker and want to know what it's really all about, go play time clickers. Go play time clickers. That's an interesting thing. Okay. And it's free. Yeah. Uh, it's a browser-based game. Just go okay. fuck around with that thing. You'll be... Interested in what they have done there. <laughs> Maybe not entertained, but at least it, interested. It's probably like the one of the the best treatise I've seen on video game culture. Yeah, in the sense that yeah, fucking fat man, just sit around, and click this fucking mouse for a while. <laughs> click the mouse, fatty. look, you win. <laughs> click the mouse, fatty, you win. And uh, yeah, I, I think clickers are really fascinating. So Punch Club is basically uh, think like you're. River City Ransom style game. Okay, yeah. Except this is all stolen from everything. Okay. So, like, you are living out the story of Rocky. <laughs> uh, like, there's all kinds of, like, every poster in the game is a fucking 80s action movie poster. Okay. Like, all the dialogue is stolen directly from fucking movies. Sure. It's like, it's just one of those, like, kind of fucking spoof things. Sure, sure. Cool story about this game is that it, when the developers finished it, they said, okay, yeah, the game's done. Everybody's like, awesome, release it. They said, we're not going to release it. What? Until Twitch beats it. Like, Twitch plays Pokemon. They're going to put... Oh, They already did it. So so they beat it, yeah. Yeah, so everybody beat it. Twitch beat it. Yep. (laughs) And now they release it because they put it... Yep. And it's like kind (laughs) of taking Steam by storm. I think it's like... Right. Eight bucks, ten bucks. It's pretty cheap. Uh, I played a bit of it this weekend at a buddy's house. I had a good time with it. Uh, you can fucking do some one arm push ups in that game. That's all right. <laughs> uh, it's basically a boxing game, and yeah. it kind of does clicker probability stuff. Yeah, where like whenever you go to a boxing match, or whenever like somebody on the street's like, "Hey, punk, I'm gonna fucking give me your wallet." <laughs> all you do is you assign like, "All right, I want block and punch and kick," and it just starts rolling dice. <laughs> Interesting. It's yeah. fucking great. There you go. Well, it is. Uh, it's a. It's a thing. It's a thing. You, don't, you don't pick punch. You don't pick kick. It it, just, it, it rolls does, dice, brother. It does that for you. Yeah. You just pick what it's gonna select from. And then, ev- then it's like every round of the boxing match. It's yeah. like, do you want to change your shit or? Yeah. Huh. Whatever. It's kind of brilliant. It's yeah. kind of cool. I really yeah. like that game. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. I. I I had a good time playing that. Well, all right. I think I'm going to spend some more time on Punch Club. All right. Well, I also think the name Punch Club is really good. Punch Club is pretty good. It's like Fight Club. First rule of Punch Club is <laughs> you steal shit out of Rocky. Steal <laughs> shit out of Rocky and punch things. And the movie Cobra. The movie, movie there's Cobra. A, there's a girl in that movie who puts too much ketchup on her fries. Like, you was fries and ketchup? Fries and ketchup? Yeah, from Cobra. Oh, Cobra's man. pretty good. Cobra's pretty all right. That, fucking you know, he, Stud- that Studebaker car he had in there's pretty God, good. God dang it! Like like Sylvester Stallone. Can I just say he he can make all the shitty garbage movie he wants. Best supporting actor. Yeah, he he can make every stupid shitty garbage. Stop or my mom will shoot or 
or any of those, and it doesn't matter. You know why? Because he fucking made Rocky. Creed. And Rocky, I've heard Creed is great. Creed. I need to watch Creed. But he made Rocky, and Rocky is just such a great movie and a lovable character that he can do all the garbage he wants and it doesn't matter. I'll tell you this. <laughs> just, I mean, <laughs> if he had a trio of performances, he's got a lot of things that are very close to this in my opinion, but if he had a trio of performances that if you were like, I want to see Sylvester Stallone, the actor. Right. First Blood. Yeah, First Blood. God, that soliloquy at the oh, end. Good. It's so good. Back in the airport, yeah. spitting, calling me oh, baby, baby killer. Building baby killer. You asked me, I didn't ask you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, it's That's great. Good. It's good. All of Rocky, like the Rocky, the whole movie. Rocky, Rocky 1. Rocky 1, the whole Rocky 1. Fantastic film. And the uh, third one, I would probably pick... I mean, Demolition Man, obviously. That's the... <laughs> I really like Demolition. I really like Fucking Demolition three seashells? Yeah, three seashells. No, I use the shells. <laughs> I'd probably say Cobra. Cobra, yeah. Probably say Cobra. I fucking yeah. really like Cobra. Cobra's all right, yeah. Cobra. Creed's really good. Like I gotta watch Creed. I actually, like, as somebody who lost a father figure... Right. In my, an actual father. An actual father. Uh, there's some stuff in that movie. Yeah. That's, uh... Yeah. Man, it, like... Hits ya. <laughs> it didn't, like, get me visibly emotional, but it, like, yeah. it just shook something loose in the basement. Where I was like, oh. Sure. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's like a little, oh. 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 I don't like that. That's loose. <laughs> that's loose now. Why would you do that to <laughs> me? <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, uh, that's a hell yeah. of a fucking film. I need to check it out. I've watched it, out. it, like, four times. Jesus. <laughs> uh, I like it a lot. There you go. Uh, what yeah. were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about Punch Club, and we're done. Uh, Punch Club yeah. was pretty great. Punch Club was great. All right. And, and watch we'll, Cobra. And, <laughs> go watch Cobra. If anybody hasn't seen Cobra. And I want your eyes, and, pig. And, and Demolition Man, in case you want to. Fucking, they're all clinking hammers together. <laughs> yeah. Clink, clink. What's your eyes, pig? But forget the links. We'll just talk about Stallone movies. For us. Yeah, like fuck this. that. Yeah, we're, we're just talking, talking links. About, okay. Uh, last bit of last bit of thing here. We watched the uh, that Dragon Cancer trailer. Yeah. I didn't know what this game was about. Yeah. I knew people were talking about it. I've been following this game for about two years. Yeah. Uh, this is a really really sad thing. Um, and <laughs> go watch that trailer. Uh, if you haven't watched it, pause this now. Go watch it. That Dragon, comma Cancer. That Dragon, comma Cancer. Uh, there's an official trailer out for it. Um, uh, long and short of it is that uh, that two game designers is a game made by two people. This was actually part of the free the games promotion that got signed on uh, by uh, Ouya back when they had first uh, you know received all of their uh, Kickstarter money when they when they had such a uh, such an overflow of capital. Uh, they reached out to quite a few developers to develop on that platform. Right. Uh, the interesting thing is that like almost none of these people are being held to that campaign, but these people have decided to fulfill their obligation sure. because Uya was there when they needed them the they most. Them, yeah. um, but it's uh, this husband and wife. Uh, they had a uh, they had a child who was born uh, with cancer, mm-hmm. and uh, it's all about the journey of. You know, raising a child that has cancer, going yeah. through the treatments, what that does to you, uh, and you know, I, I believe I mentioned this on the podcast last year, but uh, unfortunately, the uh, the cancer came back, and uh, and their child passed away last year. Yeah, and uh, you know, they had to finish this video game after that. Yeah, and it definitely there's imagery in that trailer that uh, you know where they're sitting at the psychiatrist's office. Uh, 
and you know they're talking about you know what the diagnosis means and how yeah. to deal with this kind of thing and uh, they're playing with one of those uh, like you know the barnyard thing where he pulled barnyard. like the cow says yeah the spin, and, the spin things and yeah. he just keeps focusing on that he can't look at the people around him in the room yeah. and the room's just slowly filling with water yeah and then it cuts to a scene of him talking to his son about like Jesus. Uh, you know, yeah, being in a boat during this horrible boat. storm, and yeah. uh, you know, everybody was you know panicking, and all thought they would die, and then you know, where was Jesus? He was asleep in the back of the boat the whole time. Yeah, and it's just there's a lot of really, really good imagery in that. That's mm-hmm. uh, that I, I, I'm a, I'm somebody who's always said that I don't believe video games are art. Right. I think there are artistic qualities in video games. Uh, the reason why I don't believe the video games are art is that, with the exception of purposeful manipulation. Uh, I don't think that video games tell artful stories. Right. Uh, I, you know, every video game story is the same. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Games like this in the independent scene, these games that are really taking risks, these games that are really redefining the definition of what it means to be a video game. This, this is art. Yeah. And you know, this is something that it has a very, very special visual style. Mm-hmm. It. But it's not just a visual treatment. It's not just dialogue. Yeah. It looks like the everything, the sound, the video treatments, the story behind it, the legacy of the development of this game is all just kind of pulling together into something really special. And, uh, yeah, that comes out next, uh, next month, and I want to play it. Yep, yep. And uh, I'll probably cry like a baby, and uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what I thought about it. I, I think you're just not human if it doesn't make you emote in some way. I it's, it's, uh, it should be really awesome. I'm, I'm excited yeah. to be bummed out. Yeah, yeah I, really. I mean, it's just uh, it, it's clear what emotional tone it's trying to convey, and I think it will pull it off. Uh, in space. But, you know, and the other thing I'll say is that when you go watch the trailer, there's not every moment's bad. Mm, mm. There are these moments of genuine happiness uh, yeah, gen, you know, that are genuine, sprinkled in there. Yeah, that are, there's just genuine uh, good moments that you would have, which you would obviously want to cherish in that sort of a situation. Like, you know, there, uh, there's a reason yeah. why there's an eye in a hurricane. Yes, exactly. And, uh, yeah, so there you go. Uh, yeah, that Dragon Cancer, go check out that trailer. It's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Go Hell of a trailer. That. Go check out that game, too. Well, that's it for the news, Hoss. That's all we got. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. You know what that means? It means we're going on to our topic of the day. Topic of the day! Topic of the day! Tarlink! This big old sub-sandwich of a system here. Where'd that thing go? Uh, uh, it's over on the shelf. It's over on the shelf. All right. For, forget it. Uh, but yeah, nah, screw it. I'm going to bring it over here. See, I'm, I'm walking over to the shelf right now, and I'm picking up the Atari Lynx, and I'm going to sit back down with it. And this is, uh, this is, this is the Model 2, correct? Yes, that's it's a Lynx 2. It's a Lynx 2. Uh, uh, this is the model that uh, my friend had when we were young. Uh, yeah, this was, this thing was sandwiched uh, in between uh, the Game Boy and the uh, Game Gear, correct? Mm-hmm. It came out after the Game Gear? Or before? Uh, no, it actually came out in 1989. Yeah. Uh, do, okay. do you want me to give you the, the history? Uh, yeah, sure, let's go ahead and go into the history of it. Uh, or do you want to kind of... Yeah, I mean, let's hear about your experiences a little bit more, and then I'll go into my huge diatribe. Sure, sure. Uh, this is the model that uh, my friend had, and uh, it was really cool, but uh, I remember it not lasting even the smallest of road trips with the, oh. with the six AA batteries in it. Um, but it was cool. It had a lot of good... Uh, I remember it having, and this is kind of what it was known for, I learned this later, but uh, having really good ports of arcade games on this thing. Uh 
just like like really well done uh, ports, which uh, is kind of tantamount to the uh, the but the button placements on there, because typically I like the uh, the the uh, the cross sectioned like rock your thumb back and forth type of that type of deal. Yeah, for you to be able to to, be, to lay your yeah. thumb across, like say in a NES controller, the yeah. BNA, for you to, you know, you're running, but you're not going to release that button and just lay the back part of your thumb onto the jump button. Exactly. And that, that's it. But this has like kind of the, the back and forth kind of deal, which is fine for something like an arcade game. So, because uh, you don't typically use more than one button typically when you're in an arcade game, unless it's like, oh, I have to hit that now. That's my magic button. So you know you're playing Gauntlet. One button is su- one button suffices in Gauntlet. So uh, the other button's for food. The other button is for food. The other button is for your big super magic boom thing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, th- th- this thing. Um, I remember just having like a small experience with it because I had a, me and my brother had a Game Boy, and I remember liking the Game Boy more than even you know when my my friend would bring this over. But there were. This had games that the Game Boy didn't, obviously. So you know that that was always something. Speaking of games, you got a library here of uh, of games with their. It's not ex- all my games; it's just a selection. It's a sel- of the stuff that I had sitting around. A selection of them. It's interesting because they have like their board just kind of exposed. Um, yeah, it's weird about Atari. They they did that because like I remember the ja- the the Jaguar like it it. It didn't have a dust cover on the uh, on the, the the little part where you stick it in. So, and they like to have these little handles on on your cartridge. Oh shit! It works. Oh, it works. Did you get it? Oh, hey, look at that. We probably could have played this before the podcast. Look, look at that. Yeah. Look at that. What? How did it come on? I don't know. I just decided to come on. I yeah. thought my links was broken. Oh, there you go. Apparently, my links works, dude. We're playing Crystal Mines. We're playing Crystal Mines. We're live streaming. Let's play Crystal Mines for twenty four hours. <laughs> Crystal Mines for twenty four hours. How do we? How do we feed that into the into the computer? I, well, it's it's called emulators. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll just, that's what they're for. We'll just we'll just pop that in there. Yeah, you got uh, you got Crystal Mines. You got Zybots. You got Blue Lightning. Uh, you got Blue yeah. Lightning is a great is a great game? plane game. Yeah. Uh, you got uh, California games. You got Kung Food, which is uh, that kind of makes me hungry. Kung Food, uh, and you got Electro Cop. That sounds kind of awesome. Is that awful? <laughs> uh, Electro Cop is terrible. Uh, is it? That's funny. Uh, is. Zybots is really good. That's a, actually yeah. a really good uh, arcade port. Oh, there you go. That's cool. Um, California Games is probably the game that's most synonymous with the system because it was a pack-in. Okay. Uh, that's the game that's like, everybody's like, oh, fucking California Games. It ended up coming everywhere else, but uh, back when uh, back when Atari... Listen to this fucking music. Yeah, what's that? Yeah. Yeah. I fucking like Crystal Mines. That's all right. Crystal Mines is pretty good. All right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, back when uh, yeah. back when this thing was coming out, uh, sure. the, the thing that they were really known for was the fact that... Uh, uh, the uh, that Atari was still very strong in the arcade business, right? Yeah, uh, and you know that's really what they leaned into. There's quite a few, uh, you know, games that were developed specifically for it. California games comes to mind. Yeah, uh, you know your uh, uh, Chips Challenge is mm-hmm. really good. Uh, but yeah, like it, predominantly, what uh, what was going to catch your eye in the store the most was that. Motherfucking Robotron on here? Yeah, Robotron. You yeah. you you enjoy that game. Uh, Robotron's one of the best games ever. You have you 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 purport that game 
quite favorably. Yeah, but I mean, like it had like you know for the time, it, especially for a handheld system, like as close to arcade perfect ports as you could get, a, like Rampart and Clax and yeah, Joust. That's right. Uh, but yeah, like you know, Warbirds was also on here. Mm-hmm. I really like Blue Lightning. Some people fucking hate Blue Lightning. All right, that was like it's analogous <laughs> to something like an Afterburner. Okay, right. uh, it's you know it's a plain game behind the uh, behind the back, you know, automatic scroller that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I really fucking like that game. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that game's pretty is, great. Is it as good or better than Afterburner? Or would you say Afterburner? Oh, God, no. Okay. Yeah, just but it's not portable it. at the time. It was great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, let uh, I guess we'll kind of go into my personal history with it mm-hmm. uh, and the why I have one and why we're talking about it. Sure, why not? <laughs> All right. Uh, back when, uh, back in the fall of 1989 was when the Lynx was scheduled to come out. Yeah. Uh, the late summer uh, of 89 was when the original Game Boy came out. And we'll do a Game Boy episode at some time in the near future. Sure. Uh, I've got a lot of things to say about that system uh, and its fucking longevity. Yeah. Uh, I mean, technically, they didn't phase it out until the Game Boy Advance came out because the Game Boy Color is still the same technology. Yeah. They just upped the processor speed and the sound capabilities so that it could process colors. Yeah. That's it. That's all. Um, but yeah, so uh, let's kind of go into it. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, 1989's coming around. My brother wants a Game Boy. Right. I wanted a fucking Lynx. Yeah, yeah. And so we both asked for one for Christmas. He got the Game Boy. Yeah. And we shared it. Yeah. I didn't get a Lynx. You didn't get a Lynx. I wanted a fucking Lynx. You wanted a Lynx. <laughs> the Game Boy was 109 bucks. If yeah. I'd asked for a Game Boy, I probably would have got one. Right. But you asked for the... $199 Atari Lynx yeah. <laughs> that just like the Game Gear chewed up six fucking double A's at a time yeah. in short order. Uh, but granted, it did come with a power cable mm-hmm. uh, and uh, but it had switchable backlight, honestly. But if the backlight's not on, you can't fucking see this thing, even in direct light. Right. This thing is designed for its backlight to be on yeah. unless you are outside. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, the uh, the Lynx itself is actually uh, it was <laughs> it was called the Handy. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we it, talked about that a little bit. Its code name was the its Handy. Code name was the Handy. Was it was a a, 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 a small uh, a kind of a Skunk Works project that was coming up with this thing mm-hmm. uh, at Atari. This is uh, you know right around the time that the seventy eight hundred is coming out and being met with. Nothing but just abject. <laughs> yeah, but the seven eight hundred sucked. Apathy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I wouldn't even say like anger well, yeah, yeah. or disappointment yeah. because at that point the nobody fi- even had any expectations. Yeah, the fifty two sucked. The seventy eight was like whatever. Nobody cares. Yeah, yeah. yeah the uh, the fifty two was garbage. The controllers. Seventy eight was better. Yeah, and at least it still played twenty six games. Yeah, and the controllers worked. And yeah. <laughs> uh, that was the fifty two's downfall. Uh, but yeah, it just. Yeah, the 78 just, like, yeah, no one really cared. So uh, Kind of a cool fact on this, like, uh, uh, the engineers at this company called Epics were the ones, E-P-Y-X are the ones that actually started coming up with this project. Yeah. Um, a lot of those guys are actually people who came up with the Amiga, which was the... Oh. If you had a Commodore 64 here, if you lived in Britain instead, you'd have had an Amiga. Yeah. It, it was that it for was that. that country. Yeah. Um, or you were somebody here who had an Atari 800 XL like I did, and mm-hmm. that Atari 800 XL... Way better than 2600. Those games looked a fuck ton better. <laughs> and it was great. 
There you go. And early games ran off of a tape, a fucking cassette tape. Yeah. And they took like 10 minutes to load. There you go. But it was pretty sweet. That's pretty nice. It, it would just play like this. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other channel would be like, oh, G.I. Girl! And you're like, yeah, G.I. <laughs> Joe! <laughs> um, but yeah, so this, uh, this company uh, called Epics, uh, with all these guys who made the Amiga, they came up with the idea. The problem was, uh, a little over a year into the project, um, they were kind of developing this in secret and were going to just kind of launch it on the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's when Nintendo announced in early 1989 uh, that the Game Boy was coming out. Mm -hmm. And with its very, very conservative hardware specs, people were like, within Atari, they were like, we got them. Got this. Because Nintendo still hadn't announced their price yet, so they thought, as long as we can remain competitive, if we've got a color system and they have a green system, yeah. a fucking green and what, gray... Yeah, like, what, what do they got on us? Yeah, they Nothing, got, I say. Nothing. nothing. <laughs> uh, and we, at that time, that was pre-Midway ending up with all the Atari arcade franchises, mm-hmm. so Atari was just stacked to the ceiling with, like, APB and Robotron and all this, like, Crystal Castles and all the shit they'd been making for years in arcades that was, like, wildly right. successful. Right. So... Why wouldn't they win? Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, you know, it's you're finally fighting Nintendo <laughs> on a playground where you know that they're standing on lower ground than you. It's right, like I'm yeah. just gonna fucking lop your head off. Yeah, yeah. That didn't really work out. No, it didn't. They, uh, they underestimated the power of Mario. <laughs> well, and the subject of hardware development mm-hmm. and hardware production comes up again. Yeah. In 1989, uh, you know, for that fall, the uh, the Game Boy came out at 109 yeah. uh, and was wildly, su- uh, wildly successful. It came out with a link cable, and you got a copy of Tetris with it, mm-hmm. and it, I think it even came with a wall cable. Yeah. It had tons of shit. Yeah. Uh, like, if you needed it, the Game Boy kind of just it was in the box yeah. for it. Unless you wanted that, you know, Mario Land. Yeah. Like, and it started with Tetris. Tetris, which is the perfect video game. Yeah. Like, there's no better. Like, there's no better representation of a video game than Tetris. Yeah, if, so, if somebody just, came down from Mars and said, show me video game. <laughs> You'd show them Tetris, yes. because even they could understand that. Exactly. Like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, like the, uh, uh, they had a big problem with getting these things produced. Mm-hmm. So all throughout 1990, they were doing what they could to just ramp up production. They started getting more of them out there. Even at the higher price point, it started doing okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the system came with a uh, Comlinks cable, which was their link cable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came with an AC adapter, so you were able to plug in the wall straight out of there, so you didn't need double A's by default, which right. is nice. That's always good. Uh, and it came with California games. Yes. So it did come with pack-in stuff, which is nice. It was kind of a complete package. Yes. And this is the initial Lynx one, the one that we joke looked like, uh, like a sub sandwich. It does. Fucking big. <laughs> it's huge. So if you were somebody who like held the Game Boy and you were an adult and you were like, this thing just yeah, fucking feels like a kid's toy, you, I'm sure you held that Lynx and went like, yeah! <laughs> if you're the kind of guy that really liked the Duke controller for the original Xbox, you're like, fucking Lynx, bro! That's- Stupid fucking controller. That controller's okay. Oh, it's awful. I have, t- I have tiny girl hands. I hated that controller. Um, oh. But, like, later on, they did a lot of stuff to, like, trim a lot of the shit off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, like, there, there was eventually, when the Lynx 2 came out, a $99 bundle that was just a system. No game, nothing. Yeah. But it was, you could get one for the same price as a Game Boy. Right. And that's what was, they felt like was key to their success. Right. And arguably, having better games was probably what would have helped them more. Yeah, yeah. They, they could have stayed at 199 bucks. Yeah. Uh, but the problem was, throughout 1990, they, they ramped up, they sold well, but they were still getting the pants 
kicked off of them yeah. by Nintendo. There and were, then in 1991, that all changed again. Yeah. There were no third-party developers for this, were there? Like, were there Not in, really. There weren't really, because, yeah. Like, I mean, you know, Nintendo and Sega. Did Sega have any for Game Gear? Uh, do they have third party? Uh, yeah, they, they, yeah, they, 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 they had good support. They, they there was like Mortal Kombat and shit. Yeah, on there. Mortal Kombat was on there. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. NBA Jam, NBA Jam, that yeah. kind of stuff. I, I've That's got all sorts of Game Boy, uh, Game Gear shit. We sure we can have a Game Gear episode. We could, pro- we could probably just do a three parter on these, but you know, um, but yeah. But yeah, so uh, in nineteen ninety one, uh, that's when uh, uh, Sega finally decided to drop the Game Gear, mm-hmm. uh, which had a bigger screen. Yeah, uh, it was a better screen. Yeah, it did color much better. Mm-hmm. It had significant issues with ghosting, but the Lynx had that as well, yeah. uh, which all old LCDs had, poor refresh ever. rates, low frame rates. Um, the uh, the Lynx, the one thing I'll say is that, uh, you know, for the time, especially considering that you know, this was developed in 1987, it had some pretty impressive uh, chips in it. Yeah. It had two 16-bit CMOS chips that were 60 megahertz. Nice. Which is pretty good. 64K of RAM. It uh, had four-channel sound, so if you had really nice headphones, you could get some, some really nice kicking audio out of that thing. Uh, 4,096 colors, six to, uh, 16 simultaneous colors per palette line, per scan line. Sure. Uh, which was nice. Uh, and the resolution for the day, for a, uh, for a portable, not bad. Uh, 160 by 102, mm-hmm. which is significantly better than the resolution that you got out of the Game Boy. Yeah. But the other thing you need to focus on is that where this game was capable of things like 3D graphics, yeah. uh, where it was able to do like parallax scrolling and things like this uh, that would become very popular in a lot of home console games, and they were aiming at that arcade home console, that sort of customer. Yeah. Uh, the problem was it just the, the hardware couldn't necessarily keep up. Uh, and also, you start designing games that aren't necessarily catered to that platform, or you're just porting old con- uh, old arcade shit. Yeah. And the one thing that... I'll say it. The one thing that eventually killed Midway. Yeah. They could never figure out how to get out of the, the arcade market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They could never yeah. figure out how to adequately translate all of these incredibly successful arcade franchises yeah. to your house. To your house, yeah. And it's uh, it's what inevitably killed them. Yeah. Uh, that and a lot of bad financial decisions. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, this is Atari, you know, kind of trying to swing for the fences mm-hmm. uh, with the Lynx. You know, they, they made a lot of moves, but once... Uh, they lost a significant portion to the Game Gear, mm-hmm. and the Game Gear for that Christmas in 1991 was punching at a pretty high weight against the Game Boy, but was still getting the shit kicked out of it. Yeah. So the Link started to suffer, and then a lot of those like boutique-style video gamers that wanted something else, yeah. that wanted like high power on the go, mm-hmm. the Turbo Express came out, and you just played your TurboGrafx-16 games in it. Yeah. And... Mm-hmm. That's where those people went then. Yeah. And so the Turbo Express is something that I've never owned one. I would like to own one. I have quite a few Turbo games. I think that's a pretty underrated system. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, whenever you say that, like, people are always like, Splatterhouse or Bunk. It's like, uh, those are not the games, but okay. <laughs> but it's what they always showed on TV. Bunk it is always, all right. Bonk is... Bonk's okay. I'd take Air Zonk over any of the Bonk okay. games. Okay. Air Zonk's pretty good. Zonk, Bonk yeah. in the future. Bonk in the future, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I, I just I think that the Lynx was, if they had come out swinging in '89, mm-hmm. that would have been a very different story. Yeah. Uh, but when you combine uh, parents knowing that these things eat batteries like candy, yeah, <laughs> with you know just the higher price tag. 
I mean, you gotta think, 199 bucks in 1989 for that's, a kid's gift. Yeah, that's a. <laughs> There's a reason why, like Nintendo today has two DSs for 99 bucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. because. It gets really hard. It's like, all right, I'm going to buy this system and then have to buy a bunch of fucking video games. Yeah. It becomes very hard to start justifying that. Yeah. Uh, when you're a parent, especially if you have more than one kid and it's like, oh, I'm going to have to buy multiple of these things. It just, it starts becoming like the kind of investment that nobody should ever want to commit to making. Yeah, pretty much. And, I mean, you know, this system, like I wanted one so bad. Yeah. I never got one. Yeah. When I got my first big boy job after I graduated from college, sure. I bought one off eBay. You bought one off of eBay. And it right. still apparently works. Yep, it still does. I thought it was broken. You thought it was, but it doesn't it is not. It, and California games is fucking ripping. Yeah. Yeah. I like that game a you lot. I like that game. Robotron's bitching. Robotron's badass. I fucking you, how many formats do you have Robotron on? How many formats is there? You've got it on you have it on links, correct? I have it on links. You have it on links somewhere in here. Uh, you've got it on your Xbox. Um, I got it on PS1. You got it on your PS1. I got it on my 360. You got it on your 360. You got it on the um, 1. Uh, I don't have Robotron for the SNES, but I have Smash TV. You have Smash TV. And that's just the next Robotron. <laughs> that's just basically... It's the same it. game. It's the same game. Except they were like, oh, you know what's cool? Robotron. You know what else is cool? The Running Man. The Running Man. That's pretty okay. And then the third... Robotron game. game is Total Carnage because yeah. that's the second Smash TV game. There you go. Uh, but yeah, like I've I've owned this game or something exactly like this on many many platforms. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think Robotron is on that Mount Rushmore. Right. Um, it's that when you think when you're talking about satisfying game. Yeah. When you die, you know it's your fault. Yeah. That like when Wave Nine comes around, right? Yeah, <laughs> watch your ass. That that it, it belongs in that same Tetris platform. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those ultimately repeatable games. It's like Geometry Wars Retro Evolved, mm-hmm. Tetris, yeah, Robotron, Robotron. Time Pilot, yeah, <laughs> I love Time Pilot. Time Pilot. <laughs> we should do a Time Pilot yeah. episode one day. How about Race the Sun? Is that on there? It's, uh... No. No? Race I like sun. Race the Sun. Race the Sun's up there. Race the <laughs> but sun's no. Up. But no, it's probably not on there. <laughs> Definitely not. The cool thing about Race the Sun is that every time we play it, it's different. It is like different, that. yeah. Is different. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, the, uh... I guess we can kind of start, uh, winding this down a little bit. Yeah, but, a little bit. Uh, yeah. you know, the Lynx, incredibly powerful hardware for the time. It's, it's one of those things, like, the Jaguar that soon followed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the... Atari was aiming at a goalpost that didn't exist anymore. Right. Um, you know, the with the the NES, there was this mentality of, oh, like, you know what would be cool if we could bring these arcade games home? Well, they figured out they couldn't do them very well on that system. So what they did was that, like, you know, if you, uh, uh, shit, Strider. If right. you play Strider on the NES, mm-hmm. it's not the arcade game. It's a completely it's different completely game. It's basically game. Metroid. It's a completely different game entirely, yes. But it's awesome. Yeah. So they just found a way to rethink that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the platform intended. Yeah. And not just produce the same experience. Yeah. The home market w- hit its apex with arcade perfect versions of these games with the SNES. Yeah. And the Genesis. Yeah, yeah. When they were using very similar hardware to what people were using in the arcades to make these games. Yeah. 
and the uh, you know the PCS2 arcade board stuff translated incredibly well mm-hmm. uh, to the Super Nintendo. And yeah. Sega was big into the uh, arcade market, so all of their shit translated very well. Yeah. Um, so they they built platforms catered to do that, but you know the the arcade bubble for like oh it's just like the arcade at home. It didn't last very long. Yeah. And when Atari got around to making the links, they were aiming at that goalpost because it's all they had to lean on because through the 5200 and the 7800, they had not built new franchises. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I guess we can put Yars Revenge back out there? <laughs> and Yars Revenge is a good game. Yars Revenge is really good. It's a good game. But, like, you know, they hadn't, in that ensuing eight years since the crash, mm-hmm. they hadn't adequately built new franchises. Yeah. So you can't say, here's that, but here, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. can't say, like, oh, we got E.T. Yeah. <laughs> we got E.T., I don't know. got to take that into consideration. Uh, yeah, no, um, yeah, like, Atari just, like, again, like you said, they, uh, they came out with things a little bit too late. They had bad financial decisions. They lost a massive... Massive amount of money in court proceedings with Nintendo over the Tengen uh, games because uh, they, I believe, they lost that one straight out because they stole information from the patent office, uh, which was huge. Uh, they actually, uh, they actually, under false pretenses, took uh, the patented uh, information from the patent office for their lockout chip, and they created the rabbit chip out of that. Um, under the pretense that they were, I forgot what it was, but like it was like for legal, like you you could look at any any patented thing and to, and, and and you know for free. You can go to the patent office, look at any patented thing, but you can't take it home unless it's for a court proceeding. So they, under false pretenses, said, "Ah, we are litigators for this thing, and we need to take this home." And they took it home and replicated it. Uh, yeah, reverse so, engineered, reverse engineered it, made the rabbit chip, and made the Tengen cartridges, and that sparked a whole bunch of uh, downfalls for Atari as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah, just um, and then the Jaguar came out, and that toilet just got you know. <laughs> speaking of Atari and third-party publishing, yeah, you know, who's the oldest third-party publisher in the world? Uh, would that be Atari? Activision. Activision. Because okay, Atari yeah. was first party. Right, they were first party, yeah, because they had their own consoles. Yeah, gotcha. The, the oldest third-party publisher in the world, in the world. is Activision. And yeah. Activision is made up of people who left Atari. Oh, okay. So these people left Atari, and you couldn't... Nobody else could make games for the Atari. Right. Atari made games for Atari. That's <laughs> that it. That was it, yeah. So these guys from uh, went and formed Activision. And yeah. you can tell immediately... As soon as you put a cartridge in without even looking at the label, if it's an Activision game or not, because yeah. they all have the same sunset in the background. Yeah. And like their track and field game has that, like just all yeah, of these Activision right. yeah. games mm-hmm. have this for uh, for the 2600. Yeah. Uh, like I believe Keystone Capers, I believe, is an Activision joint and that totally has it. Yeah. Uh, but when they were approached uh, by, uh, by the law, yeah, for being accused of you know stealing corporate secrets and all the shit when they left to make uh, to make games for this platform. Sure, that's where Venetian blinds came from. Interesting. The game Venetian blinds. Okay. Yeah. 
Because they were accused of stealing all this technology and these ideas and all these restricted IPs and everything. And what they gave to the cops was a copy of Venetian Blinds. <laughs> and if you know what Venetian Blinds is, it's something that never hit the light of day until like an Activision anthology collection on the PS2. Sure. Uh, because that's when like all of the cease and desist were officially up. So they released all of their uh, Atari games on the PS2 in one big package. Huh. And the whole game is that you roll down these Valetian blinds, and you can roll them up. <laughs> That's the game! That's the game There's they no gave points. Them. There's no winning. That's what they gave... So that they, That's the so game that, they gave the police. That, because Atari was so known for stealing shit back, wow. so that even if Atari got their hands on it, there was nothing <laughs> they could take. <laughs> well, we have the technology to roll these Venetian blinds down. And then roll them back up. And if you want to have a laugh, that Venetian Blinds is on that Atari anthology for the PS2. I believe it was also on the Xbox and the GameCube. Uh, but it's also available as part of Game Room for the Xbox 360. You're paying three bucks to look at Venetian Blinds, but if you want to chuckle, it's the funniest three bucks you'll spend. What a... But it's also... Like, there, there's history to that. Like, that's that's three dollars for, like, history. Like That's that, three dollars for Venetian Blinds. It is, but it's like, <laughs> but there's, like, there's a story behind that. You can tell that story to people. That's brilliant. I love it. There's also... Oh, uh, yeah. There's a giant bomb quick look where they... Uh, yeah. For game you... Where they played Venetian Blinds. Venetian Blinds. For how, about 25 minutes. <laughs> that's how many minutes they got out of that, is it? All right, then. Yeah. A quick, a quick look. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, Vinny and Jeff, and they're just sitting on the couch, and they're like, oh, man, I wonder what's like upside. Roll them up. Roll them <laughs> up. Start to roll them up. Right. Oh, no, it's too bright. Roll them back down. Too bright. Bring, no, you're just a little bit more, and they, they just do that for like 10 minutes. It's, wow. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. I, uh, I like that. I, I, I just always really like the story of Venetian Blinds. There you go. Venetian but uh, there's another one of my weird video game stories that nice. I have shared with the world. And that works. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I think the Lynx good. is pretty bitchin'. Yeah. Uh, I think now it's really interesting as like a timepiece. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something that's, uh, you it's, know, I yeah. I will eventually own like the, you know, Game Gear, you know, the Game Boy, the the Turbo Express and the Lynx. The, sure. Uh, the Turbo Express is what I've left. Uh, to get my hands on. Uh, and now at this point, the nice thing is, if you want to go out, like, Game Gear games, or Lynx games, all this other shit, uh, you know, there's emulators out there for all this other stuff, but the nice thing yeah. about the Lynx is that you can get a Lynx for, for like, nothing. Yeah. If, you, if you're if you really curious and want to hold this thing and feel yeah. what it's like and all this other shit. Sure. And I saw a bundle today that was, like, 20 sealed games in the boxes. Yeah. For, like, 50 bucks. 50 bucks. Not bad at all. For Lynx yeah. games. Sealed. For Lynx games. In box. Sealed. In Complete. box. That's, Never open. Yeah, that that would be a lot for other for other systems. <laughs> for like literally anything else from 1989, that'd be a lot of money. That'd be a lot of money. Yeah, unless it was all just like copies of fucking Hogan's Alley <laughs> or or uh, NHL Super NHL. No, uh, ice hockey. Ice hockey. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, blades of steel. Blades of steel. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a fun little trip down memory lane. Uh, I love the links. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, I, I thought it was cool when I was young. Uh, again, I just liked the games better that were on the Game Boy, but, you know, whenever my friend bring over the links, it was like, eh, cool. My profile picture on Facebook, and a lot of people know this, Yeah. for like two or three years was the Lynx logo. Oh, really? There you go. You just... You should, you should retrofit that back in. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'll do that for the video struck page. Nice. We'll, we'll put the Lynx logo up for, yep. uh... Ooh, make that our, uh, yeah. our, our banner. Yeah, the background. Yeah, the background for this there one. There you yeah, go. That'll work. 
That'll work for it. Cool. Well, yeah, that's the Atari Lynx. It's uh, it's definitely bitchin'. it's bitching. It's got some good uh, got some good uh, good uh, you know history on that sucker. And it's fat. It's fat, and it has a nice little handle for the yeah. for the uh, yeah. for the cartridges. It, for it, some reason, except the, for this copy of Electro Cop. Yeah, because electro- no handle on that. No handle on Electro Cop because nobody cared. I guess. Uh, the, the, the Atari was weird about their handles for their uh, for their games because the if you, you remember the, the Atari Jaguar they had like the oh, little yeah. they had little buddy handles oh, on yeah. the top because it's like oh okay well, it's like the GameCube got a little handle on. <laughs> yeah it's like okay. you know because I like to carry my GameCube with me everywhere oh I can't I can't get it out I can't yeah. get it out what do we gonna do with all this handle why and yeah, why did Game they, Boy had that little ridge why, in there yeah why did the game GameCube have a handle I never got that like it just, because it was their their I their idea when positioning that thing was. Man, PS2's fucking big, and that Xbox is giant. <laughs> what if we made it like... Because they wanted to appeal to women. They wanted sure. to appeal to a kid. Sure. They wanted... You know, the idea that, like, fuck it, you'll just, maybe you're the kind of classy lifestyle person who's just, I'm going to fucking take this with me. Yeah. Grab yeah. by the handle. Grab by the handle. I, I, I won't fucking lie, though. Whenever I move that thing around the house, I grab the fucking <laughs> you handle. You grab the handle, don't you? Yeah. Why wouldn't well, you? With it There's being, a handle there. With it being, like, a fucking perfect cube, <laughs> yeah. how else would you grab it? I don't have hands that size. <laughs> I have hands. Like, oh, I have to it's, lift it up. It's, like, fucking four feet tall. It's, it's huge. <laughs> <laughs> the handle, perfectly sized. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. All right. That's, uh, that's the Atari Lynx, guys. Uh, thanks for listening to this podcast. The Lynx fucking rips. The, the Lynx rips. Don't uh, buy one, they, but they rip. <laughs> Don't buy one. Why? You're kind of dumb. What? <laughs> You've been talking it up this whole time, and now you're like, I don't recommend it. Well, I, I don't recommend Here's the thing is that, like... <laughs> You know, I'm the dad who's smoking while he's telling you not to smoke. I'm like, don't be like me, kids. Don't be like me. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> as, you play, you know, like, as you play your links. Yeah. <laughs> do as I say, not well, as I do. Everything I'm doing is terrible. It's man. terrible. It's awful. But oh, no, man. like, I fucking... This was like a childhood fulfillment. Yeah, no, me. yeah, I sure. I always wanted one. Yeah. And now I got one. There you go. Cool. And yeah. thankfully it still works. I was really worried it didn't. Agreed. Agreed. It's, it's very nice that it's Apparently, nice. without... Without yeah. a game in it doesn't. Without a game out. in it, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. You got to put a. Game but in once there. we put electro cop yeah, in here, go ahead and stick an electro cop, and we'll close yeah. it out with this. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, it's vid- Facebook.com/slash Video Destruct and at Video Destruct. You can follow Hoss on Twitter at, at Hoss underscore Buddy. Uh, he talks to wrestlers all the time. So. At Electro underscore Cop. At Electro That's underscore <laughs> Cop. That'll be our new Twitter where we send out all the latest Electro Cop news. <laughs> and streaming for Electrocop. Let's turn that up a bit. And let's get yeah, some let's get, get some, some get some music in as we uh as we take this home. Take it home. We'll see you next week, guys.